Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, episode number 16 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. My guest today on the show is Dr. Lori Kerner. Dr. Kerner has been in the field of education for three decades, and she spent the first 26 of those as an elementary school teacher, and she taught every different grade level in elementary school. She is a Fulbright specialist scholar. She served as an adjunct professor of special education at several universities across New York. Currently, she is the assistant superintendent in a large public school district on Long Island in New York. Her research has been centered on educating the whole child, that is, developing students' social competencies, emotional well-being, and their physical fitness through recess and play so they're best equipped to meet their maximum academic potential. Dr. Kerner is the mom of four, and she's a bold advocate for children. She's written a bunch of articles for national magazines regarding the paradigm shift necessary for 21st century learning. Dr. Kerner has presented across the country regarding innovation in education. She's the author of two books, Actually I Can, Inspiration, Empowerment, and Leadership, which is a book for grown-ups. And she has a children's book titled Rosie and the Power of Positivity Team. I had such a great time in this conversation with Dr. Kerner. Before we get to that, a really quick word from Road to Awesome. Hey, real quick, let's talk about your leadership team. Are you seeing turnover this coming year? Maybe you've got some folks leaving and you got some new ones coming in. Maybe you have people just internally that are shifting around into different positions. Or maybe you have a leadership team that's been together for quite some time, but you haven't done any intentional calibration work in quite a while. Here is where high-performance leadership teams from Road to Awesome comes in. Folks, this is a two-day retreat-style event where I'll come in, facilitate the entire group, and we'll focus on things like the core values that each of the members of the leadership team hold, and then also the core values that as a collective team you want to hold. How do we really live our values out loud, and how do we use those collectively to ensure success in the organization? Likewise, we're going to dig into individual strengths and find out how we can leverage each other's strengths to really maximize the potential of this team. Couple that in with diving deep into meaningful goals for the upcoming year, aligning behaviors and accountability strategies for ourselves as a team, and you're going to have a wonderful upcoming year because you've been intentional, because you've invested in it, and you've put in the time to make sure that everybody on your leadership team is on the same page and ready to go and crush the upcoming year. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. If this is something that you feel is a wise investment in your leadership team, let's have a conversation. High-performance leadership teams will get you and your leadership team on the road to awesome. And now, let's get on with this interview with Dr. Lori Kerner. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. All right. right. Welcome back into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. 
I am so excited today to have Dr. Lori Kerner joining me from New York, assistant superintendent, author, rock star. Lori, thanks so much for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Thanks for having me, Darren. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, you and I have been, had uh, had a conversation recently, and of course, that led to to us saying, "Hey, let's let's get you on the podcast because you've certainly got some exciting things that that you're working on in your district. The the work that you're leading is really important work. Um, definitely, the world on Long Island, I'm sure, is very much like the world in a lot of other places, just with the challenges that exist in leadership. So, we're going to dive into those today. But before we do that, maybe. For my listeners who don't know you, just elevator version. Who is Dr. Lori Kerner? Elevator version. Okay, so uh, I spent the first 26 years of my career um, as an elementary school teacher. I taught every grade. It's a magnificent time in my in my career. Um, I was an elementary principal. I was uh, executive director for curriculum instruction and personnel. And now I am assistant superintendent. Uh, most importantly, though, Darren, I'm a mom. I have four four children. Um, greatest uh, greatest role, right, in life. So uh, yeah. very grateful for that. Um, you know, I, I have written the two books. I'm a Fulbright Specialist Scholar. That's a lot of fun. I get to work with global leaders to bring the best practices um, to our students here in the United States. So um, it's been very rewarding. Very rewarding. So let's let's dig into that just a little bit further for for those who aren't maybe as you know as aware of what what it means to be a Fulbright scholar. What just share with us a little bit what that is. What's some of the stuff you get to do and what you bring back to your district? Right. So so to be a Fulbright scholar, obviously there's a process that you go through, um, and you have to be uh, you know I guess provide documentation or proof um, some of your work that you're an expert in your particular field. Um, so my work has been centered on um, um, promoting children's social uh, and emotional well-being so that they can meet their maximum academic potential. So it's the whole child, the real whole child. Um, and so that has uh, allowed me to uh, have a proposal uh, in, with Finland uh, to be the liaison between Finland and the United States. Uh, certainly COVID uh, put a halt on that, but um, I... I most certainly still stay connected to my uh, colleagues in Finland, uh, you know, so that we can continue the work uh, regardless of the scholarship um, and in the best interest of the kids. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, now. Have you had the opportunity to go over to Finland as so a part now, of this yet? I was supposed to go, um, you know, around COVID time. Um, and work yeah. with, with one of the universities there. But, I, you know, I never say never. And I think uh, where there's yeah. a will, there's a way. So we'll definitely be able to, to keep that connectivity um, and, and the, good, the good work, the bridge. Uh, because, you know, I think we, we need to look at global leaders in education, right? And make sure that we are uh, remaining open and mindful to what our students here need um, as well. So, yeah. So... I've got to ask, um, everybody has their own, their own unique path or journey that took them into, into their leadership roles. 26 years in the classroom, 
typically you don't see the transition into school administration that far into someone's career. Not that it can't happen, obviously for you, that that was the case. But I mean, we, I think we all know people who, um, I, I have a good friend who after three years in the classroom jumped into administration. Me, it was 11 years in the classroom. So yeah. 26, what was the trigger? What made you say, this is the time, this is when I want to go? That is a great question. So it was definitely during the time um, of Common Core in American education and the rollout of Common Core. And I saw so many of my colleagues, my brilliantly talented colleagues, uh, contemplating early retirement um, and kind of seeking my advice uh, because I, during that time, I would close my door and just continue to teach students and not standards uh, because I, I thought that would was the most important focus, right? And I, you know, I saw children breaking down and, and, and anxiety rising uh, depression, school phobia, stomach aches. And I said, I, I have to do something about this. I mean, we need leaders that are able to understand that, that there are rules, um, but also leaders who understand when certain rules need to be broken um, for the sake of the children. So I, I went back to school uh, with four children at home, and I was the oldest kid in the class. Uh, and uh, I, I did receive my my um, you know, certification for uh, administration supervision, and that wasn't enough for me either. So I went back to school again, you know, to get the doctoral degree. Um, that was a personal goal. Um, so, so I, I think you know it, it's unfortunate in, in in some ways that you you need a piece of paper to say that you're a leader because I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think that you need a title or a certification to be a leader. Um, but I did it because I wanted to be able to step into positions that would um, afford me the opportunities to really make that positive, sustainable change for children, teachers, families, staff. So, when when you made that leap, I mean, you 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 opened that story with how several of your colleagues were talking about maybe this is time to go. When you made that leap, did that keep some of those folks around? Did you still see them go? What? How did that transpire? I mean, if, if you're good with talking about that, I'm just I, I love this conversation because I never really thought about it. I, it was just something that I did. I felt responsible to be a voice for the, the children, a voice for, for faculty and staff. And yes, they did stay. Um, and I think, I, I hope it was an inspiration to them. You know, instead of going towards that retirement, what else can we do uh, to make a positive impact on on children and their educational journeys and, and families. So I, I kind of went in the other direction and then others did follow. Um, others did follow. So I'm, I'm happy about that because we need good teachers. We need good people mm -hmm. to stay that retention in education. Um, so, yeah. yeah and it's critical. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and that makes me maybe make a leap forward. So listeners, here you go. Pay attention. If you're making that leap, if you've just recently made that leap into the role, that's a key part of the role right there is keeping those people around. I mean, the Common Core time, you know, Laura, you are so correct. When when that was taking place and no child left behind and we were putting those graphs up on the chart for our staff. I remember doing that. I was in charge of curriculum instruction as an assistant high school principal during that time. 
And I remember putting the targets up there and, you know, Hey guys, you know, it's just right around the corner that we have to all be at a hundred percent. And every year the gap got bigger and it wasn't that we weren't doing great work, but it became kind of demoralizing. You know, it was like, you know, here, here we go shooting for something. We want to, we want to make goals that are realistic that we can, we can hit. And I think we all, at least just from my perspective, we felt pretty demoralized and that's what's happening again right now with ridiculous legislative actions and, and crazy school boards, not all school boards are crazy, but there are some crazy school boards out there that, that are doing some pretty goofy things and running good leaders out, which means teachers are going to go. So that's, I guess I just, I did a quick bird walk right there. Leaders focus on keeping your people around. Lori said the word retention. I'm going to let her run with that because she also is in charge of human resources in her district. So (laughs) Talk about that. I mean, how how you retain I, I did, people? What do you do? I, I have to get back to what you said though, because this is a great no. conversation. And thank you again for having it. But um, that demoralization and that morale, right? That low morale. But you said something. You said you used to put the charts up and and tell everyone how they had to hit the target. I was the rebel, and I I was telling my colleagues, you do not, you do not have to hit that target because everything that you do every day behind the scenes is exactly what children need. And that number doesn't define you. And that number doesn't define your students. And this is the message that we need to send to to each other and to the children. So I think this is fascinating that you and I are in very similar places now, right? But looking back to that time, you know, I, I kind of went in the opposite direction. I was just like, no, no, this is not okay. It's not helping any of us, right? So, and, and, and you're right, here we are again. Here we are again on the heels of the pandemic and people are tired. They're tired. Um, there's a lot happening, a lot of demands, um, a lot of change. And I think our, our role is to, to continue to empower and inspire and reboost and reboot. Yeah. I love that. Reboost and reboot. That's, that, that's perfect. And I appreciate that you caught that on me. Um, You know, when, no, in in all seriousness, because there was certainly, there have been some moments in in my career. And I mean, you just talked about a defining moment in your career where, okay, it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this step. Certainly, you know, some defining moments for me where it stopped being about what do the charts say on the wall and, you know, what are we focused on in terms of how do we catch catch them doing it wrong and, and, you know, punish them until they comply. I had that moment for me where it, it stopped being that. And it started being like, okay, number one, quit taking yourself so damn serious. You know, right. I mean, come right. on. And you have a kid. Two, you need to have fun. Yeah, right? exactly. Yes. I know. Yes. Yeah. We go to school every day for God's sake. I mean, have fun. <laughs> <Forever>. <laughs> right. So, <Yes. laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I had that moment where it was like, okay, one, yeah, stop taking yourself so serious. And two, now what if we focus on the things they're doing right? You know, instead of, you know, hey, we didn't get to this ridiculous goal that somebody who's never been in a classroom wrote for us. Right. Instead, you know, look at the growth in our students. I mean, look at the change in our graduation rates or in our attendance rates or, you know, the number of kids participating in activities or, you know, just the great human beings. Yes. Relationships. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, we'll, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. We'll, 
That's your road to awesome. That's your road to awesome. 100%. That's what it is. It was, it was that moment when it stopped being about what they do wrong and started being about what they do right. And Hey, you know, I'm going to sit out on a bench in the hallway. You know, I'm going to go be in classrooms. I'm not going to be in my office. My secretary would always say, you know, if you can't find Darren in a classroom, he's on a bench somewhere in the building. It's 325,000 square foot building Um, benches everywhere. Something we added after, after I got there. And yeah, it was all about sitting and building relationships with kids, with, with my staff, with community members. I mean, it just, you know, that's the role of the principal, right? I mean, yes, you're supposed to be an instructional leader, but that's the role relationships. But, but we set the tone. And when I was a professor um, of special ed, I used to tell my students at the university, you know, you create the weather in your classroom, right? So if you come in and you're, you're in a bad mood because of something that happened before, that weather is going to spread uh, to your students. So you have to be very mindful and reflective. And, and, but as school principals, we create the weather within our school. And as district leaders, we create the weather in the school community. So it's so important that we are out there in it to feel it and understand and see it and connect. Um, you cannot lead from an office ever. Um, I mean, you can, but you won't do it well, right? So you can manage, principal, not lead. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You, you, you'd be managing. You'd yeah. be managing. And when I was a principal, I did the same thing. We created a buddy bench. And I would always be on that buddy bench waiting for, for some buddies to come along. Um, and my assistant at the time said, where are you going now, Lori? Can you please stay still for two, two minutes so we can yeah. you know, run through some things? So, and, and as a district leader, I'm never in this office. I'm always in the schools with the kids and the teachers and the staff. Um, it's important. You know, they need to know who Absolutely. you are. Yeah. Well, and that that gets back to, I mean, I, I'm going to pull all of these things together here and we'll probably pull some more pieces into it, but, but it's, it is those relationships that drive as, as you're calling it the weather. I love that. Um, but I mean, that's, that's the culture. That's the climate of, of your school district and, and of your schools. And ultimately, I mean, yeah, that goes down into, you know, you are the person who has control of the, the climate and the culture in your classroom or on your bus or in your lunch line or mm-hmm. no matter what your role is. And I know, again, I'm speaking to somebody who has HR as part of their title. What, what are maybe some things or some, I don't know, just one or two, one or two items that are kind of your go-tos when you have people who maybe they're churning up some of the wrong weather in their space? That's a good question. And I think it's really important for us to be to be understanding that there's a reason behind every behavior, child or adult, right? So when someone is churning up the wrong energy um, or maybe, you know, becoming a little lost along their pathway, um, I think it's important for us as leaders to, to have, have a conversation, to have a check-in. How's it going? You know, I, I noticed, I noticed, you know, um, what you were saying over there, is everything okay? Can you share with me? Can you help me understand, you know, where you are? Um, is there anything you need from me? Uh, what can we do to make you feel more positive, um, you know, more valued, uh, to make the situation better, to better understand, you know, why a, a child might be acting a certain way, which, you know, is driving your reaction in lieu of a response. I, I think it's important that that open communication. And that's what I do. Um, and, and, and people know, 
you know, when they see me coming, it's not, oh my goodness, here she is. It's okay. She, she probably wants to check it. She probably heard me say that thing. <laughs> and she probably yeah. wants to have a little check in and, and see how it's going. So that's, that's my go-to always. Well, I think that's important though, because what, what you're bringing to the table when you come in the room is you're bringing the, you know, that, that coaching philosophy that, yeah. you know, um, Hey, I've got gotcha. you not ha, gotcha, but exactly. Hey, gotcha. Exactly. That's key, right? Difference. Right. I, and I yeah. always see that Dan. there's a difference between I got you and I, I gotcha. I, I, I have you, I have your back. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's important that we make sure that the people that we serve understand the difference and which one we, you know, are where we're coming from, which one we right. use. So, yeah. 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 I think that's that, like, like for me, it was always that balcony perspective, you know, I mean, I had those, those six things that for me as a, as a school leader, as, as a principal, these were the things that were the most important to me. And my staff knew, they knew where my values were. They knew what was important to me, but I would physically go and like look down on the basketball court from the balcony above in the big arena, because it was like my way of, of being able to look at, okay, here are the six things that, that are important to me, you know, living my values out loud, developing and building and maintaining positive culture and climate, you know, keeping, um, keeping all of our adults in a position where they feel seen and heard and loved and giving our students opportunities for genuine, important, valuable learning opportunities, telling the story and then coaching them up. I mean, so mm -hmm. I would physically go like, how am I doing in these six areas? I think, yeah. I mean, that's, that's something all leaders need to be able to do is, is, is yeah. go and check in. I mean, it, t talk to me a little bit about kind of that process for you or how you are coaching other leaders in your district for that. Yeah, I, I definitely say lead by example, period. You know, when I come into the office, I walk around the office, say good morning to everyone, everyone. Um, when I'm in the schools, you know, good morning to everyone. Good afternoon. To, how are you doing? How was the lunch today? Uh, just checking in that way and, and leading by example. You cannot tell people don't be in your office if you're in your office. And you can't tell people to lead with kindness and a humanitarian nature if you don't lead with kindness and a humanitarian nature. So I, I think from what I'm told, you know, people hear the way I speak to other people. They, they notice the, the word choice, the word choices um, that, I, that I use, and it does rub off. Um, and people are curious about it, you know? Um, so I think definitely modeling uh, constantly. Uh, as leaders, we are, we are role models for, for everyone. And we have to remember that all the time, right? Yeah. But, but I think it's also yeah. important that people know we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all have a bad day. Um, but how do we rebound? And, and how quickly do we rebound when we're having a tough time or a bad day or something like that? Right? Yeah, that's always, always a challenge. But you know, that's the thing is, we each have our opportunity to decide each and every day, you know, how are we going to show up? You know, am I going to be that person who brings positive energy? Or am I going to be that person who, you know, is kind of that, that vortex of negativity that just sucks the life out of the room. And yes, we, we all have bad days and I'm not saying everybody is going to, 
you know, be perfect all the time. Uh, my, my buddy, Tom Cody refers to it as, as living above the line. You know, we're going to go above and below the line at times, but it's, it's live above and visit below, you know, don't, don't live exactly. below and visit above, you know, it's, it's all about how you choose, right? Yes. How you choose. You, you're reminding me of a story, uh, something that happened. Uh, you know, I, I, I received an email from someone and it wasn't pleasant. It was about an issue. Um, and you know, that person just kept coming back for more. And every time I responded, you know, I, I responded in a very kind way. And then I always thank that person. Um, thank you so much for all that you continue to do. Thank you. So you can't, you, you can't come down to someone's negativity, right? You have, like you said, you have to rise above, rise above the line and always come back with a positive, no matter how hard <laughs> it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, because what's the what's the alternative? You know, we're not going to get anywhere if we if we get sucked into that vortex of, of negativity. So we need to push ourselves above that line, and um, and and you know, lead with integrity and and again by example. So I love I yeah. love that analogy that you use. I just I think it I think it's what really separates the really good from the great. Um, is being able to just stay that just one step up above the line when, when you're in those tough spots. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced, well, you were just kind of sharing a story. I mean, it, it made me think about a story once when I had a, a grandparent come in to visit with me and before they'd even sat down, they were cussing me out and calling me names. And I just said, you can leave. We're not going to have a conversation like that. If you want to stay and have a, have a conversation I'm happy to do that, but you don't get to treat me that way. You don't get to treat anybody who works in this district that way. So mm -hmm. let's, let's start the right way. And she stormed out and came back about an hour later and apologized. And we had a really good conversation. And, right. Right. you know, once we were able to have a good conversation, she understood what the thing was that, that had her right. upset. But, you know, when, when, yeah, when you're coming in hot, it's really tough as the leader to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And somehow stay above that because man, you can get pulled in quick. Can't you? You, you can. And you, you make a good point because um, um, when you are kind and when you breathe and when you reflect and respond, um, then when you have to have those really difficult conversations, because there are times, you know, especially as district leaders where there's serious situations so when we have to have those really difficult conversations, people know um, that that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And I think they respect it more because you're, you try to stay even so often, right, constantly, that when you have to go yeah. to that difficult place, people, people, it's like what, it's like when you don't really yell at your kids <laughs> and then you finally raise your voice like, oh, my goodness, I must really be in, in, in a tough situation. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I, I learned from an absolute master. The, the principal that hired me as an assistant principal was the master. Um, uh, Doc Wendling, man, he, he, he could have a conversation with someone and I mean, just really in a very professional way, kind of let them have it. And yet the conversation would end with them shaking him, shaking his hand and slapping him on the back and oh, thanks so much, Doc. And, and people would leave and I would just look at him like, how do you do that? I mean, really? But it came back to exactly what you're talking about. He was compassionate. He was kind. He was, he listened. He was such an incredible listener. Um, 
but he also the opposite of the the you know when you finally raise your raise your voice to your kids he got really quiet when he was being real strong about something and and it pulled you in it was just it was an incredible gift i think that he had but it's i think it's all about you know being aware of how you present yourself how those nonverbal cues are used and just and again back to back to what you said it's being compassionate you know being caring and if you've if you've invested in them and they know that yeah. you know hey Lori's going to come and and support me when i need it hey when when i've when i've stepped in a little bit i, I might have to hear it but i know she's going to be fair and she's going to be right yeah and 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 when people are angry whether it's you know parents or staff or you know whomever it is you know it's usually because they there's a miscommunication a misunderstanding right or they they don't feel valued so i i think that for us as leaders it's important to uh, make sure that we uh we listen actively and we validate um you know their feelings and and we let them know that i i hear you um I'm, you know i'm sorry you feel that way uh, what would what would what would help uh, and and have those conversations I, I write about it in the book as you know and thank you for mm -hmm. for, uh, for your praise on that um but uh the most you know irate parents are generally sent my way they have been through my through my career and my uh colleagues always say you know they come in and they're screaming and then they're leaving and they're inviting you for coffee like what happens from the minute they get in your office until they leave and and i i say i, I just listen and I, I thank them. We can't argue with that. You know, thank you yeah. for, for sharing. Thank you for, so it's interesting. Yeah, it is. So, so you, you started down that road and that's the where I wanted to go next anyway. So let's <laughs> talk a little bit about, so we get two books here. So I want to talk first about actually I can. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, I did have the opportunity to, to praise piece for that. And um, I've shared the story with you uh, before that, um, a principal that that I worked with as as uh, her superintendent, um, I gave that book to her because to me it was like you wrote that book for her. Um, you know, there were just some some pieces in there that I know touched her heart. It touched my heart. Maybe talk a little bit about that book. Where you know every story, every book comes from somewhere in our, in our hearts. So where tell me a little bit more about where that came from. Exactly what you said. It's a it's a book of the heart. It's generally a story of, of the journey. And my goal was exactly what, what you said, the hope that someone would read it and, and feel like, A, it validated their practice or, or their, their journey. B, it, it, um, it was eye-opening. Um, and, and C, that they felt some type of connection to it. Um, you know, I wanted people to be able to walk away with, with some, some aha um, or, or, oh yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm so grateful yeah. that you share that story with me because it, it, it means a lot to me. It's not about, you know, anything else, um, except being able to help others connect, uh, you know, inspire, empower, make people feel, um, good. And, um, and the stories from the women around the world, uh, their stories are so inspiring and empowering to me. Um, and so I wanted yeah. to share them uh, as well. 
Yeah, I remember when I uh, when I read you know the advanced copy and, and wrote that praise piece, and I, I think I used these words in the praise piece. I can't remember exactly, but in essence, um, after reading it, I remember thinking, okay, some will say this may change your view of female leadership, but to me, it just changes your view about leadership. It's not just about women as leaders, but about leadership in general. I, I just I think it's such a powerful book, folks. If you haven't read Actually, I can. You really need to buy a copy of this book. It is so fantastic. I highly recommend it. There you go. Thank Shameless you. plug for you. But folks, <laughs> Thank it's you. a great Thank book. You. It's such a great book. It really <laughs> is. Thank you so much, Darren. And I, I loved what you said, um, you know, because as a female leader, you know, there are some differences, right? Uh, but there's also so many similarities. And, and you're 100% right. You know, good leadership is good leadership, period. And, and like you and I, we, we lean on each other and we stay connected and we lean into each other um, to, to continue to learn and, 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 um, and collaborate and inspire. So thank you for that. I, I'm really grateful for that shameless plug. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here. Um, That's why you're <laughs> no, awesome. so, you did that. There you go. Right on. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. Um, okay. So, so then... Then here comes Rosie and the power of positivity. Yeah. And uh, not not that it's, you know, odd for someone to, you know, write a book and then write a kid's book because, well, I did that. But what an incredible concept. Well, <laughs> I get a lot more credit, I think, than I deserve. I mean, it, that's so much Jillian Du Bois. I mean, she's Jillian Isn't is such a amazing? superstar. And um, and uh, anyway, we, we could talk about Jillian for hours. But uh Talk to me a little bit about um, the Rosie book and where, you know, where that came from and what, what inspired you to do that? Well, I, my life is about children, period. Everything I do is to improve the lives of children personally and professionally. So that's, that's the quick answer. Um, the long answer is, you know, actually I can has these chapters about different parts of life, essentially. Um, and so my goal um, is to uh, create a series uh, for Rosie. And so this first book is about um, one of the chapters, and actually I can, called The Power of Our Words. So I took that chapter and I wrote it for children. And, and basically it's, it's like um, cognitive behavior therapy, shifting your inner voice, your inner dialogue from I can't, I'm no good, I never will, to I can, I am, I have, I will. And so I wanted to make sure that our youngest citizens learned that lesson and heard that message very, very early on so they could grow in that direction. It took me a long time. It took me a very long time. So if I can help grow children from a very young age in a, in a positive way, um, that would be a, a wonderful, it is a wonderful thing, actually. So, so yeah. yeah, so then each chapter has a different message, and I, I want that, those messages to be in, in child form as well. It's special to me. Rosie was my grandmother. All the characters are near and dear to my heart. So, yeah. There's there's definitely something to be said for developing a kid's book. Um, they, you know, certainly, and, and we've both both done it with, you know, with our, our full-length books. But when when you're doing a kid's book, um, I found, like, you know, in, in mine and Jillian's book, that Road Awesome for Kids, Blake is our is our main character. And Blake actually was based on a child in Jillian's classroom. Okay. And um, you get so attached to your characters. Um, you do. Yes. You do. Yes. In your own book, you know, yeah, it's 
you know, yeah, these stories meant a lot. And I remember this, and I remember that there's great memories, but the attachment to the characters in, in a children's book, I think are just, I don't know. It's totally something different. really special. Yeah. Can you just share though, for those who are listening that might not know um, your inspiration for, you know, you have your road to awesome book. And by the way, mm -hmm. listeners, if you have not read road to awesome, you really <laughs> need to pick it up. It, it inspired me. It was, I read your book, I think. Um, your pre your pre copy before mm. I finished mine and you your work inspired mine so thank you for that number one oh I appreciate um, that so pick up a copy number two how did you and Jillian decide to take that road to awesome and bring it to a children's book yeah that was such an interesting that. story oh no I'm happy to share that story it's such an interesting story because. I had, I had met Jillian once um, we had uh, on the uh, empower half hour show that I do with, mm -hmm. with Bradley Skinner and, and Frank Grineski. Um, We had Jillian on and, you know, so that that's when she and I had connected and a month or two later. And I know the date, I'll never forget the date. It was January 6th, you know, because there was some pretty crazy things happening in the United States that particular day. And I got a message from Jillian on, on Twitter, you know, direct message. And it was, uh, and, and Jillian's second grade teacher at the time. And she just said, you know, Darren, I'm reading your book. I love your book. I don't know how to talk to my kids tomorrow about what's happening. Do you have any ideas? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we really don't. Um, but we, yeah, we kind of went back and forth a little bit and she shared some ideas and where she was going. And the next morning I woke up and there's this, essentially a lesson that she was going to do with her kids. And it was, you know, about how, Hey, every one of us has the opportunity to be in control of our destiny. And we have to decide what are the things we need to pick up along our road. Mm -hmm. And she shared images later that day of kids who had done their own road to awesome, you know, drawings and stuff. It was really, really cool. But where the book then came from was at the end of her lesson, a little boy named Blake came up and said to her, uh, said to Jillian, so the road to awesome's the one in my heart. And <gasps> oh my. <laughs> so, you know, we, we got on, I think we got on a Zoom or phone call or something and we just started talking and I'm like, so do you see where this could go? And she's like, oh, a hundred percent. And of course, Jillian's an illustrator. Yep. Brilliant. Like Brilliant. the next day I had, you know, I had images from <laughs> her sketchy. of, you know, <laughs> yeah, here's, here's who I think Blake should be. Or well, at that time we didn't have a name for the character, but I, I told him like, we have to name, we have to name the character after the, after the kid who said that. Cause that's actually the last line of our book is the road awesome is the one that's in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love it. So, again, love it. yeah, there's, 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 I'm getting chills telling the story. But, I, I just got the chills too, yeah. because it, it, yeah. When you, when a child, when you see that light, right, in a child, I mean, it's everything. It's everything. So, so by that boy, you know, that, that's such a, a powerful sentence. And look what he inspired. Yeah. Kids are amazing. Kids are amazing. Yeah, they are. Oh, they're and, amazing. And that's, it, that's the power of the kids book too. I mean, they're just amazing. Yeah. And it's funny because in the back of my Rosie book, as a list of, you know, a, a list of things you can do after reading this story. And so through the time that Rosie's been on the shelves, um, you know, I, I get pictures and ideas, lesson plans, and, and it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm building a website for Rosie 
Um, and as soon as it's ready, we're going to launch it so that, uh, you know, teachers, uh, social workers, psychologists, parents can just tap into the website, get some great ideas and, and watch kids, uh, you know, cultivate that, that curiosity and uh, creativity. Uh, and the mindset too. I mean, because that, it, it just jumps right in from, you know, from actually I can, I mean, it is all about mindset and yeah. it's just such a powerful, powerful book. So folks, make sure you get, we've just mentioned a bunch of books, buy them all, just, just go buy all of them. I have those books. Uh, great books. There you go. There you go. I don't think we came on the show to sell books, but Hey, buy those books. Um, so, so I want to ask you this too, because, you know, when we're recording this, it's, it's the latter part of April and, you know, when I was a soup, I, you know, April, there's some certain pieces that now it, it's almost like, you know, the school year has a season and you've made it now out of the dog days of education, you know, that January, February and into March when it's dark, when you go to work, it's dark, when you right. come home, it's, it, you get no break. Um, now you're, you know, you're probably through your spring break and, and moving into already the planning phase. And so maybe for, for people who don't know, about this? I mean, you know, our, our classroom teachers, not a lot of them really know what goes into the planning for the upcoming year, whether it's, you know, it's the personnel pieces, it's the professional development planning, it's the budget planning. Um, well, not even planning, it's budget development at that point in time. And uh, I don't know, maybe let's peek behind the curtain a little bit and let, let's talk about, you know, what's happening, everything from budget to superintendent conference days. What, what does it look like for you guys? It's incredible, actually. It, well, budget starts, you know, <laughs> our new budget. In July, July 2. <laughs> July 1. Right, exactly. So July 2nd, we yeah. start developing the budget yeah. for the next right. year. Yeah. Is, you know, the in, very uh, involved process, as you know, um, having been a superintendent. But right now, we're planning for a superintendent's conference day for, we have one in June. And certainly, we're planning for our superintendent's conference day in September. I know many of my colleagues are already planning for what will we do when our staff comes back, you know, end of August, early yeah. September. So my goal, uh, Darren, and, and we did have this, this conversation privately, but is to uh, do what we had done a few years ago before COVID. We, we held an ed camp. Um, so I, uh, it was incredibly successful where, you know, faculty and staff get to choose uh, what they want to hear, what they want to learn about. Um, and certainly, you know, we've had this conversation. I'd love, uh, for us to to collaborate, and I think it's important for everyone to hear your message um, in your in your keynotes uh, about the road to awesome yeah. um, and everything you yeah, have to share. That. But what's that? I said I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it's it's true, yeah. and you know, just our our conversations can go for hours because this, you're just so inspiring. So so my goal in planning right now is you know to gather some information from our faculty and staff, see what their passions are, their interests. Um, anything that they might be interested in sharing out as they have in the past and through the year. Um, and also, you know, what they're interested in bringing in. Because, you, you know, you bring in some outside people with a different lens. Um, and together with our experts right here um, within the district, you know, the best professional development is right here, usually. Uh, so when you bring that all together, it's a perfect a perfect combination for um, really powerful uh, Superintendent's Conference Day. So that's, yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. You know, the, uh, every, everything about the ed camp uh, type of professional development did that a number of times as a high school principal. 
um, did a little bit as a soup. As a soup, we were really moving toward um, before before COVID grabbed us by the hamstrings, but we were moving very heavily into personalized professional development. Um, you know, the, which is, which we, is like an ed camp, right? Exactly. I mean, and yeah. if, we, if we're going to ask teachers to give kids voice and choice, why in the world exactly. would we do that for them? Exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just, it, it's counterintuitive if you don't do that. And what I always found with, with the ed camp things was there were so many different skills that everybody brought to the so table many. and it wasn't Talent. always, yeah, it wasn't always, you know, I'm really good at, you know, Google classroom and I'm really good at differentiation. I mean, I would have folks, I don't know if you if yours have done this, but I would have someone who's like, you know, I'm going to do an ed camp session around yoga With and yoga. people With going and doing yoga. yoga and we'd and have you know, people who were going to do a collective walk you know, yes. I mean, we had a yes. we had a stream right by the by the school. I mean, yeah, let's go for a walk. You know, I mean, just learning. you know that yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a powerful and I think piece. It's so important. It has to be. It should be, and it can be, the, out of the box, innovative. You know, because like like you said, we we need to help our students get out of the box, right, and take risks and become divergent. Uh, creative thinkers. And so we want the same from our staff. Like I said, when we started the conversation, mm -hmm. we have to lead by example. And so does our faculty and staff. And we need to support them in that. And we need to give the, them opportunities for that. So and nobody wants to be told what to do. Kids don't want to be told, you know, what to think and what to learn. And same with our faculty and staff. Voice and choice. Absolutely. Agency. That's right. That's right. 100%. Hundred percent. Oh, agree with you so much. So, um, last question. Ask this question of everybody on on the podcast. Title of the podcast is "Leaning Into Leadership." You've talked about so many different ways you are leaning in right now, but maybe there's one other you'd like to share, or one you just like to go a little deeper with. But tell me about how you're leaning into leadership right now. I would say I'm leaning into leadership by leaning into listen. Because right now people need to be heard. They need to express, you know, uh, children and adults, what's going on with them in their lives, um, emotionally, socially. Um, and I think to, to lead is to listen. And so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, so that's part one. Part two is definitely uh, staying connected to my, my global colleagues uh, as, as yourself. Um, and, and constantly um, discussing ways that we can continue to um, enhance uh, the education of our students, right? Um, you know, moving through this, uh, moving rapidly through this uh, decade and, and into, into the future. Um, you know, we need to, to, to be aware of the fact that we're, we're educating children for jobs that don't yet exist. And so we need to make sure that we are um, giving them time to communicate, collaborate, cooperate, cultivate curiosity, navigate the seas. I call it navigating the seas. Yeah. Um, so that, that's basically how I'm leaning into leadership. Uh, it's multifaceted um, and fascinating at the same time. So. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Thank you so much, Lori, for coming on the leaning into leadership podcast. This was a great conversation. It was a blast. <laughs> I know we could just keep going and going. And I going. know. I love so, it. I love chatting with you, Darren. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. It was so much fun. Thank you so very much.
All right. What a great conversation with Dr. Kerner. Lori, thank you so much for being on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. That was just so much fun and really an enlightening conversation. I hope you picked up on some of the great leadership gold nuggets that Lori dropped along the way. Let's uh, move forward now with a little pep talk to get you going into your week. I had a conversation with a friend the other day, really just through text message, and it made me think about some of the baggage that other people are carrying that we're not aware of. You know, this is the time of year where, you know, we can kind of see the finish line uh, off in the distance. There's a lot of things that we have to do. We've got to be focused as leaders on getting things taken care of for the culmination of the school year, whether that's graduation or or some other type of uh, end of year celebrations that we might have. We're still trying to get people hired. We're finishing our budgets. We're starting to plan our professional development for the upcoming year. There's so many things that can really kind of cloud our vision. But one thing we have to continue to keep in mind is that other people like ourselves are all going through different challenges. And it's easy to be short or to maybe lose our temper a little bit, maybe to just have a little brevity in our conversations. But take a breath this week, take a little pause and just think, hey, what else might this person I'm having a conversation, you know, what what might they be dealing with as well? You know, you've got something you're dealing with, some kind of a struggle. This person that I had the the text message conversation with, I had no idea she was going through what she's going through and certainly did, you know, did what I could to let her know, hey, I'm there, I'm in your corner and I care about you. But we don't know what people are going through. So be patient, be kind, practice gratitude, and just be good to each other. You know, the weather's starting to turn nice. The sun is coming out. Let's... Let's put a little bit of sunshine in our lives and maybe just give each other a little smile. That's your pep talk for this week. Thanks so much for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.